You're listening to No Nonsense Sales from Salesloft, your weekly dose of sales fun where we interview some of the biggest names in sales and separate sales fact from fiction. And here's your host, Tom Boston. Welcome again to the podcast that debunks sales myths. Not sure if a piece of sales advice is worth listening to? Struggling to wade through all the sales jargon? Then you're in the right place. Come in, put the kettle on and let's talk no-nonsense sales. This week's myth is cold calling is dead. Oh, where do we start with this one? We all have a guilty pleasure, right? Something that we indulge in, something that we don't necessarily like to share. Well, mine is reading cold calling is dead posts on LinkedIn. There's no better way to whip up the B2B world into a frenzy online than claiming that cold calling is dead. You've got your old school B2B sellers that come out of the woodwork from nowhere. Cold calling is alive and well, thank you very much. It's the most effective way to sell, thank you very much. So you get on the phone today. And then you've got your social sellers. Hey, why cold call? Hey, let's just use social media to build our brand, guys. You know, with memes. And then you've got the the gurus who tell you to just do it. Believe that you can do it. Believe in yourself. Uh, chase your dreams. Close the deals. Dreams come true. Pick up the phone. Start today. Close tomorrow. Or, or something. <laughs> Some other nonsense. Not a lot of people give actual cold calling advice. So I invited my friend Jason Bay, or Jay Bay, as I like to call him, onto the show. He's the founder and CEO of Outbound Squad. They help sales teams around the world to call better, sell better, basically boss outbound selling and he's on this show to help you do the same first question for jb tell me about your first cold call so i've done two different types of cold calling the first type of cold calling i learned was going door to door and we called it cold calling back then this is in 2008 i sold house painting services uh you guys out there call it university uh, in america we call it college so i was in college my freshman year uh, I do remember the very first door that I knocked on. I was with my manager, Barry, uh, who, who became a good friend. And I was nervous, man. I was very introverted in high school. I never imagined getting into sales. This was just a summer job I was doing uh, to make some money. And my hands were really sweaty. I remember I was sitting in my car just trying to hype myself up to do it. And the biggest thing I was afraid of was well, I'm knocking on this person's door, I'm interrupting them, and people are just going to be really angry about that. And how's that going to make me feel? <laughs> you know, the rejection piece. And the lesson that I took away from that day, I remember very first door we knocked on, um, we called them, you know, get a lead, right? Set up an estimate to do with a homeowner. And a, an average paint job was, you know, three to $8,000 US. You know, it's, it's not like a cheap thing that you sell. And uh, he just made it look so easy. And the next door, he got totally rejected and he made that look like it was not that big of a deal either. And I was like, oh, wow. The lesson here is that there's always someone else to talk to. And the prospect, they're going to move on with their day. Can you, as the rep, move on with your day? Because they're not going to care. They're not going to remember anything that just happened. Can you move on? And that's the big lesson, I think, with cold calling, especially. And I learned to cold call over the phones because we would call into databases and call homeowners and that sort of stuff. And that was rough also. But the biggest thing that I learned there was just being really confident on the phone and 
not needing anything from the person that you're talking to and being totally okay with them not being interested, that tonality and approach I've taken with me in, in a B2B sense the last seven, eight years. And that's what I teach reps as well. But uh, that was my first uh, experience, man. I love that story. It's uh, it, it's so it's so daunting when you do have to have that conversation. Yeah. But I, I think, yeah, to, to pick on what pick up on what you said there, actually, whether it's a yes or whether it's a no or whether it's a maybe or whether it's a try again in a year, you you need to have the same mindset of that's okay. Right? And I think like, I think back to my early sales career, a no was the worst thing ever. An angry prospects would, would ruin my day. But when you have, you know, 30, 40, 50 people to call, you can't let that ruin your day because it's not going to be a good day, a good life or a good career. So yeah, I think that that mindset that you talked about is so important. And you mentioned their confidence. And I'd like to ask you a little bit more about that. How how do you build confidence, especially as an early seller, um, to to make sure that you can build rapport quickly and start having those great conversations? Yeah, really important lesson I learned from a mentor, Anthony Inarino, who's written a couple of really great sales books. Um, one being the only sales guide that you'll ever need. Really great primer for anyone that's just getting into sales. Um, a couple of years ago, he shared a lesson with me and he said, Jason, dude, you're better off being slightly overconfident. So if you're overconfident five to 10%, that's better than being underconfident five to 10%. Because that bit of overconfidence, that's going to help you outperform your skill level. And that's the rut that I was stuck in as a business owner a couple of years ago is that I have this amazing ability to facilitate and run great workshops. And of course, I know how to sell really well. And it's just like getting to that next layer of working with, you know, larger companies. It was a purely a confidence thing. So for me, I think one of the big things is having a mentor or someone that's several steps ahead of you, give you that advice and being proactive about finding those mentors, really big. Confidence comes through repetition too. There's no way around that. Immersion is the best way to get great at cold calling or sales calls or whatever skill you're trying to get great at. The immersion piece, just like snowboarding, like you need the newness to like wear off. Once I got past my first months of runs and snowboarding, it didn't feel so new. I could actually work on the skills. Same thing with sales, right? Um, and then the other thing too is, um, I think a lack of confidence comes from lack of preparation also. So how much in cold calling specifically, what we're talking about today, um, how much do you know your talk track inside and out? You should just know that like the back of your hand so that you can be in the moment when you're on the phone versus thinking about what to say next. That's so great. Thanks for talking us through that. And uh, I, I wish that I'd had a couple of those tips when I was starting out because the way that I would deal with it would maybe, you know, go go to the toilets and um, weep, you know, often often for a long time, get back and then, and then try again. But I think actually, yeah, approaching it with overconfidence, and even if you don't feel it, inside and again i've had this feedback from you know speaking events people say you didn't seem nervous and i say well inside i was i was screaming right but right. yeah the, <laughs> we do <laughs> the, the people the people listening don't know that and it's the same with cold calls right yeah. if you can if you can find that inner confidence and it and it can come out in your voice 
and, I, and again, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Your your messaging is is kind of you know all all over the call. You don't you don't need to scramble for papers. You you know it kind of inside out. That's going to help as well. So yeah, thank, thanks for talking us through that. But um, how about these people who say that we don't need cold calling then? So can you be successful in sales without making any cold calls? Yeah, you could probably be successful if you have another way of generating meetings. I think the whole cold calling is dead thing is that the hardest thing right now is just getting in at bat. A typical pickup rate when you're calling through your prospects is like three to 5% right now. So it's a lot of work just to get someone on the phone. That's the hardest part. So there's a lot of effort that goes in just to get the at bat. Um, and I think the other piece of this is once you do get a prospect on the phone, what's your conversion rate? And a lot of people are converting five to 10% of the live conversations into a meeting because it's mostly because of lack of skill in this area. So if you're not good at this activity, it's a complete waste of time. And outbound specifically over the phone is starting to become a game of like, you have to really have mastery of this skill in order for it to be worth your time, especially if you're an account executive and you're trying to self-source pipeline. Uh, the second thing that I would mention too around this is that and Orem has a lot of great data. They ran a study on a, a, around a million calls, I believe over a six-month period. And they found that the subsequent pickup rate, so in other words, the chance that someone picks up the phone the second, third, fourth time you call them is about 25.8% higher if you leave a voicemail. So I don't know about you, Tom, but I got my iPhone here. I click, I have a 100% open rate on every voicemail that I get. That doesn't mean I listen to the entire thing or read the entire transcription. But every voicemail I get, I look at. Our prospects are very similar too. So don't underestimate the power of leaving a voicemail and pointing the prospect to an email message, a LinkedIn message, whatever it is, and directing them to do something else. It's about creating awareness with that person. And voicemails do a great job of that. So I think the, the voicemail is the thing that's kind of coming back into, into fashion a bit. Should you leave them? Yes. Should they be short? Yes. Should you not ask for a callback? Yes. Don't ask for a callback. Point them to an email. And I think it, it circles back to what you were talking about, which is being prepared. And I think yeah. a lot of sellers are not prepared for the voicemail. So I think about myself, you know, the, the call's gone to voicemail. You're already dis disappointed because, oh, it's a voicemail. You think I might as well leave something and you end up going, I tried to call you. I might call you later. Um, you can email me if you want. Maybe I'll leave my number, you know, and obviously that's just the worst, the worst voicemail ever. But again, if you can enter that voicemail and you're excited and you sound passionate and again, you're directing someone to maybe a video or maybe a piece of content even, right? You know, I, I used to use that a lot. Um, you know, hey, Bay, there's a piece of content in your inbox that you are going to love. Let me know when you've seen it. It's Tom from Salesloft, right? Super, super yeah. short. Um, but it just sounds different from those other voicemails. So, yeah, thanks for thanks for talking us through that. Now, um, we, we're talking about teaching people to, to cold call better. And obviously you do this all the time. But can cold calling be taught? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's a skill like like everything else. I think the the biggest mistake that people make with cold calling is they don't break it down into its components. So they do the equivalent of 
like if I played basketball growing up, um, you need to get better at shooting. Okay, well, there's a lot of different types of shots. There's layups, there's free throws, there's three pointers. Am I set? Is it off the dribble, et cetera, et cetera, right? So you kind of break down even off the dribble, there's specific movements. I got to dribble the ball first. I got to protect the ball. And then I got to go up and I got to use my legs, whatever. Cold calling exactly the same. It's like, it's not just about picking up the phone and just starting to talk. It's, hey, the first 30 to 60 seconds is is where cold calls live and die. So do I have a powerful permission-based opener? Uh, am I talking not about our solution, but about them? That's the first like little tip I would give is don't say at outbound squad, we work with companies like Gong and Zoom and we help them with et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Don't do that at the beginning. We speak with sales leaders whose number one and two priorities are AE self-sourcing. And then the other thing I'm talking a lot about right now too is multi-threading and running tighter sales cycles. So like I'm talking about what other people like them their peers, what I'm hearing from them. And I demonstrate expertise right off the bat in the first 60 seconds. And I want to focus the conversation. And then there's the hook part in the middle where I need to have a couple good problem-based questions. And then the close, that's where I need to say goodbye and ask for the meeting. And we can get into more detail if you want on that. But I think breaking down the call, that first 60 seconds, I'm just trying to buy time, trying to see if they want to have a conversation. That middle chunk, I need to like basically create a need to meet. And then the close, I need to be really good at just asking for the meeting, confirming it, making sure that they're going to show up, and then saying bye. It's I mean, it sounds so simple, you know, and I'm smiling here as you as you're talking, but I think it's it is as simple as that. And I know as a seller, that's when it clicked for me when I realized. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to book 15 minute meetings. I'm not trying to sell everything that we have to offer. And I found that really, really kicked my calls down. And I started to bring in personality, kind of make it about them, as you'd said, and realize, okay, so this this job is about booking 15 minutes of people's time. And I don't know about you, but you know, I don't give my time to someone who I don't think is going to make the most of it. So it's all about just making the most of our, of our prospects time by making it all about them. Um, so yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, how are we going to, how are we going to settle this then? Are we, are we going to say that that's a, a sales fact or a sales fiction that cold calling is dead? I think I know the answer. I mean, cold calling is definitely not dead. If you're doing it the old way of, I'm just going to find a big list of people with all kinds of different job titles across all kinds of different industries, that's been dead for a long time, that approach. But if you're doing very targeted account-based uh, you know, selling, then that is, I mean, it's such a great underutilized tool because think about the amount of emails that someone gets on a daily basis, which is like 150 plus per day for an executive versus the amount of calls that they're getting, maybe 10 or 15 tops, you know, from people that they don't know. So it's the least crowded channel right now. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's true from people's inboxes, right? You know, I've got emails in my inbox. This is the fourth email I've sent you. This is the fifth, the sixth email, um, but the phone's not ringing. So again, so underutilized. And if you can get someone on a good day and you're prepared, you sound interesting, you might just get that that 15 minutes. So thanks so much for that. Um, we're going to end the episode though um, by talking about your pump up track. So the song that might get you excited for a cold call. You might put this on before you pick yeah. up the phone. Do you want to share why you've chosen it first and then what the song is? 
Uh, my favorite band of all time, the first CD I was handed from my dad in like second grade was Van Halen. And it was the first album. And this song is called Panama. It's off, uh, I think their sixth album. But uh, I like this song because it's it's super fast paced. And I think that uh, there's actually a lot of science that supports this. With exercise, you get like 15 to 20% more out of a workout just by listening to motivational music. And it's not that it makes you stronger. It just puts you in a better mood, right? So I think having a pump up song or something that kind of gets your head right, something that kind of sets the pace or the tone for how you're going to spend the next hour. Um, I really like that song. It's super fast paced. If you're into 80s rock or classic, you know, kind of rock and you know guitar and all that kind of stuff, uh, I'd give it a listen. Love that. Well, I'm sure that my acapella version is going to be motivational for for people and uh <laughs> we'll see about that I'll, I'll let you be the judge of that but thanks thanks so much for joining me on no nonsense sales and uh, enjoy the rest of your day okay panama panama oh 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 panama are these all the lyrics that was Van Halen on No Nonsense Sales. And some people might say that an a cappella version of a hard rock classic without the guitars and the tune, you know, you might lose some of the oomph, the power that the song has. And I agree. So to hear that track sang with guitars and Van driving rather than me, head to Spotify, search No Nonsense Sales. We've just added it to the playlist with all the other songs from the series. And if this podcast made you smile, or you got some great tips, or both, why not subscribe right now on your podcast player of choice. Until next time. Bye.